clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught. Caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. Here he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. haunted guys it's nice welcome into the show folks week 14 in the books week 15 coming up it really uh, i don't know how you feel about the season but it just always feels like you blink and all of a sudden we're four games away from the playoffs ah uh, isn't that life a little sure. sunrise sunset yeah absolutely yeah. i mean it's been a really fun season a lot of crazy close games comebacks it's that little girl contest. that i carried i don't know if that's the lyric what did you just say <laughs> Fiddler. Did you say, is this the little girl that I carried? Yeah, isn't that the lyric? Is I hate this Fiddler. the little girl I something? <laughs> I think it's carried. It might be. Reach well, out to us if you're a not, Fiddler on the Roof fan. It's not married because he's talking about his daughter. So. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird show. I don't like that show. I saw you in that show before I even knew it was you. I don't know if there's a reason to not like it. I mean, No, can... I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's not like I hate it. I just, I did. I mean, like I, I wouldn't say I be hate it like thirty seconds. Ago, I wouldn't say that I this. I like wouldn't that. be like this is the best piece of theater, but I think I can respect what it is. Oh well, I don't know. Not my favorite. Friends, fortune, folks. We both got it wrong. Deshaun Watson did not have a good game, and Raheem Oster did also not have a good game. Although we'll get into that because I I would love to rant about the Miami Dolphins offense because I was very very frustrated with them in that game. But that's oh, not man. But I have a rave for today. Okay. So my rave is going to go to Dallas Cowboy running back Tony Pollard, who has been amazing all year. He truly has been, and him and Zeke together are an incredible tandem and arguably the best duo in the NFL right now. I don't, I'm trying to think of another one that would rival it. I don't think I don't think the duo of Chubb and Hunt has been as dangerous this year as a duo. Uh, Swift and Jamal Williams is fun. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon's cool, but I think that I would give it to I think I would give it to Zeke and Pollard. But I'm not giving him a raid for his overall performance, which is deserved because he was awesome and he's been awesome. I'm giving Tony Pollard a rave. For Tony Pollard parrying the peanut punch perfectly this weekend. I don't know if you saw this, but there is a clip of Tony Pollard 
getting out on the edge on the right side of the field, and the cornerback king of the Houston Texans goes for the peanut punch, and Pollard just perfectly parries it right out of the way and keeps going. And we talk about the peanut punch all the time. It's it's super fun. And well, you're about to look at me and be like, yeah, you didn't know what it was. I was going to say, <laughs> I've seen you also point out, please, you're like, the peanut punch, and it's not. So I will also say I'm a classic <laughs> I'm a classic too soon reactor. So I'll say it before I see the replay, and then I'll be like, ah, no, that's not what that is. Um, regardless, yes, uh, there is a clip of him, and he just com- very perfectly knocks the punch out of the way and keeps going down the field for a couple more yards. I thought that was really cool. And again, for something that's so such an iconic move in the NFL right now uh every player is taught to do this when they tackle right uh somebody holding somebody goes to punch the ball out I've, I've not seen a clip of a guy like successfully just blocking it out of the way uh and maybe that's just you know I haven't been looking well enough but I thought it was really cool and uh Cowboys escape with the win in, against the Houston Texans but uh Tony Pollard crushing it Crushing it. Oh, is that a crushing it or was that a rave? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do the same thing. I don't have uh, statistics or, I mean, I guess I do, like overarching, but I don't have. But I want to, we, we need to give a rave to Trevor Lawrence. I think we, mostly you, have been down on Trevor Lawrence. Of, and I mean, I don't think wrongfully so. I mean, right? He was supposed to be the, the next coming of whatever, of... Peyton or of Jesus or whatever you want to say in the quarterback world and he definitely got off to a very rocky start last year with everything that happened wasn't even necessarily lighting up this year although I was really in the Jags train but it was more so a collective as the whole team versus just Trevor Lawrence but uh the the last few weeks he's been playing extremely good football and I think we're seeing what he can be and what he will grow into as he continues to acclimate and get better and better He's been on a, a 10 to 0 touchdown interception run over the last three games. Uh, so, c- t- cutting down on those turnovers that have kind of seemed to be a, a bugaboo of, of him and the Jaguars. And I think that is showing kind of why they're kind of getting back into the dance a little bit. So, I think really more so than anything, it's just because we have been critical of Lawrence. Um, and like I said, rightfully so. I think there was too much put on him in the beginning of being like, oh, this is kid's going to be the savior wherever he goes. He's going to take him to the Super Bowl as rookie year, and good luck everybody else. I don't think that was really fair, but I think that was kind of what was put on him because of his success at Clemson. But I think he's I, done really, really well as of late. I agree with you. I'm so glad you pointed this out. I, I want to have this conversation right now, though, because I live in the world of non-reality. And I just I want to I want to look at this because I I've looked at this and I don't think this is insane. Okay, you say the Jags just, are just, I want to look look hold on just let's look at this. They have a home game against Dallas this week. Okay, that's gonna be huge. It's huge. Even if they lose this game, there is still a path to the division win that I don't think is insane. Okay, so they have the Jets the following week, who also is not an easy game. Okay, yeah. but. They're maligned at quarterback right now with injuries to Mike White, and now Zach Wilson was just moved up to the number two. So that that's they can win that game. Then they have Houston, obviously very winnable, and then they finish another matchup against Tennessee, who they just crushed. Now Tennessee has to go to the Chargers this week, a game featured in Pals Picks. That's a huge game. They also get Houston. They also have to play Dallas, and then they finish Jacksonville. So. There's a path that the Titans could lose to the Chargers and the Cowboys. And as long as the Jaguars win 
the other three games, this final contest is a win and in for the South. Sure. I don't think that's an insane scenario. I don't think so. To say the Jags go three and one, which they would finish uh, eight and nine, and then the Titans would finish uh, two and two and also finish. Uh, wait, hold on. Or, or, or it'd be one and three if they lost the Jaguars. Um, and then the Titans slip on this division lead. Now, there's also a scenario in which the Titans, you know, beat the Chargers this week and then they crush the. Houston, and then it's over, right? Right. There's, that scenario is in play. But I don't think that these two schedules is insane to look at and think we, that it could happen. We are getting to the point of the year when it's super fun and exciting, but we're getting to the point where we say every week's a monumental week. And, I mean, yes and no. I think this week, more so – I don't want to say more so, but just as much as any of the remaining four weeks for that division, this is it. Like to see what the those two teams specifically do against these their competition, which are great competition, it will be defining. And we won't we I mean, we wouldn't even be talking about this if that I will say this. I would have probably brought it up if the Jaguars won by like one point, right? I would have been like, there's a chance, but it was the way in which the Jaguars beat up on the Titans, right? Yeah. And the Titans made it like a semi respectable in the end, but the Jaguars really crushed the Titans, right? Um, and we've seen multiple times this year now the Jaguars just come out and look awesome, right? And so because of that, I have not like I I I know I recalled earlier in the year I think it was on my show where I said okay it's gonna be the Titans it's fine you know the Colts are out of it and you know laughably the Colts are still not technically out of it but the Colts are out of it. <laughs> um, but th- this is a viable thing, and you just said it, Trevor Lawrence, ten touchdowns, no interceptions, right now the. Titans do have to lose two games, right? Actually, the the, the Titans do have to lose three games, uh, one of them being the Jags. But in this scenario, the, the Titans have to lose two uh, out of the next three, right? So they would have to lose to the Chargers, um, the Cowboys, and or Houston for the final game to be in play. Um, and the Jaguars wouldn't have to win out, but if the Jaguars won out and the Titans lose two, then the Jaguars just win the division, right? So it's it's not insane. Um, this again, this is the the next th- this game isn't really everything for Jacksonville as long as uh, Tennessee drops one. Again, we'll talk about that game later. Um, but if Jacksonville upsets the Cowboys, which is not out of the realm of possibility, no. um, then all of a sudden things get really interesting real quick. Um, I think it'd just be fun for the scenarios, but. I'm glad you brought up Trevor Lawrence because I wanted to talk about it, and that gave us a nice chance to talk about it. But yeah. it, things could get really fun. Uh, let's get into some news and notes. Let's get to some sad news here, some injury. Kyler Murray was placed on IR. His season is over, along with Rondell Moore as well. I Oh, I didn't hear the Moore news. Yeah, they were both placed on IR today. Seasons are over for both guys. Obviously a very disappointing season for Arizona. Um, I don't think either of us were super high on them coming in, but I did think that they would sneak into the playoffs. Um, obviously, they're not going to now. I think we have to have the Kingsbury-Kyler conversation. It doesn't have to be a long one if we don't want it to be, but I think we ha- I think we have to have the conversation now. Because do we think that because of the injury, that ownership and the GM will take mercy on Kingsbury and say, you know what, you didn't get a chance to finish the season strong because you lost your quarterback um, let's give you another year, or do we think that it was already a, a, a done deal that Kingsbury was not coming back next year? And the other ca- caveat to this is 
the this is a job that Sean Payton's been linked to uh, multiple times because of the Kyler and him combo being fun. But does that also get snafu'd now that Kyler's not going to be back to start the next season? I mean, I think we we don't we don't truly know about Kyler right now. I mean, you you can look at the typical eight to nine months or whatever, but there have been guys that have done it in six there have been guys that have done it in four there have been guys that have done it in two years so we that's can't, true that's we true can't really say Adrian that right Peterson now really started that we were like what <laughs> which was just nuts uh to get back to kingsbury because i think kyler's a little bit moot they just gave him the contract this offseason where it wasn't the fully guaranteed thing that he was stomping and saying that's what he needed to play because he does play in this nature and you know we kind of saw why because he is a smaller running quarterback. Now, it was a non-contact injury, but with running quarterbacks, running, I guess I should say, even positional players where like this can happen. So that's why he, he thought he played in a different physical style and it came down to it. He didn't get that guaranteed money, but he does have a five-year contract that the Arizona Cardinals, as far as I'm aware, from everything that I'm reading, know of this and whatnot. It's not like Derek Carr, where they're like, here, you can have $100 million, but not really. Right, and, and if Kingsbury is fired and they move on, whoever they bring in next is not going to be like, uh, when you come in here, you do what you want to do, like build a team the way you want. Whoever comes in here, that in the interview process, they're going to say, how are you going to optimize our franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray? Yeah. Because he's tied to us. We're not moving on from him, right? They're going to bring in the next guy with him in mind. But th- this might signal the actual end of the cliff and Kyler combo I think it should I came on the show after last year and thought that Kingsbury didn't deserve to be here this year I didn't I I don't believe in Cliff's King Cliff Kingsbury as as a coach I think he's a great offensive mind but as a, a leader of men I haven't seen that I think Monday yeah Monday was a perfect example they had the keys to win that game but they all just fell on their face. I thought I thought they were I thought they did win the game when there was the there was the fumble return for a touchdown by or there was the fumble return for a touchdown by the Pats early on, right? But then there was the there was a fumble by the Cardinals that the Pats got. But then there was a fumble by the Pats that was returned for a touchdown by the Cardinals. I was like, oh man, you how do you overcome that? And then it was called back. That it I was going to say, I don't remember that. Because it wasn't, they called it not a fumble. It was very close. I just want to point it out that it was very, very close. Um, but uh, yeah, so again, it, there was an insane game. But I really thought at one point, like midway through, I was like, dang it. Because I had said I felt confident in the Patriots for Pals picks. Um, I was like, dang it, he got me again. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you that it should be the end of Kingsbury. And he'll probably be the, ironically, Patriots offensive coordinator next year. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like he had so much success in college, he could be a go-back-to-college guy. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. I mean, there's certainly many openings. Um, but And that's funny, because I don't yeah. even know if he like truly had that much success in college. Uh, he didn't have that much success in terms of, like... Wins and losses? Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to say that, like, as if he was, a you know, bad and they lost like, all these games, but it was more just about his offenses were always consistently, like, tops and... Yeah, in college football. So, regardless, it'll be fascinating to watch. I think he is probably primed for a Black Monday fire. So I would think so. So we'll see what happens. Uh, next, in some news, some veteran wide receivers signed. I want to talk about what we think the impact could be for these two teams. 
the Dallas Cowboys did sign a receiver, but it was T.Y. Hilton, not Odell Beckham Jr. And then the <laughs> Buffalo Bills also signed a receiver. It was Cole Beasley, not Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, which one do you think is going to have more of an impact? Do you think either of them actually have an impact? Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know if I see either of these guys really having impact at all. I'm more so, I mean, I guess not really surprised by Cole Beasley going back to Buffalo because I understand for, you can correct me if I'm wrong, for, in my opinion, for all intents and purposes, Gabe Davis has been a letdown this year. I mean, he's had definite splash plays. He didn't, he, he caught like the 98 yard touchdown like he's had that but I think we all thought like oh man here we go like we're about to have the perpetual second 1,000 yard receiver there opposite Diggs like this is a slam dunk guy and it hasn't been that consistency and I know that you have been frustrated personally with Isaiah McKenzie although he's been coming on the last month ever since you made that rant privately not on the air for people that don't know what I'm talking about but he's been playing really well so I haven't been like oh man Buffalo just really needs this guy so I don't really... I do I do think we have missed... Because, again, McKenzie, the reason why, A, McKenzie's been playing well the last month, and B, he's been put in that position over a Khalil Shakir, like I said, that I wanted, and replacing Cole Beasley, is because McKenzie has the opportunity to catch it and make a huge play with it, right? Mm-hmm. But McKenzie does not excel where I think Shakir can, and I know Cole Beasley does, and just beating zones by knowing where to stop and turn around, right? McKenzie has not shown an aptitude for that, and that's what I think is missing more than we need a guy who we can do the end around, right? You could still use McKenzie on that, but... So I do think there is a path that within the next couple of weeks, Beasley could be elevated and played. I mean, we re-signed John Brown two weeks ago, and he's been active for two straight weeks, right? Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Beasley ends up on the on the field on Saturday, but I, I think it more likely would be the following week. But I do think we are missing a guy that Allen, because again, Allen locks on to digs all the time, right? And we, we, we joked about it last year, and I, a little bit the year before, but like, is that the only guy he can throw it to? That's why I was so excited about um, Davis this year. And I haven't given up on Davis, right? Like Davis sure. is Davis still, you're right, has, still makes big plays and he's still an important part of this offense, but he hasn't become what you said. So I would agree with that in that manner. It is a letdown. But I do think Allen needs another guy that he knows if Diggs isn't there and I can't find Davis deep, I know that Colby is going to turn around in the soft spot in the zone, and I'm going to be able to find him. I, I do think that we are missing that portion of the offense, and that is why I made the argument for Khalil Shakir. And I know that numbers-wise, it looks silly for making that rant to you privately off-air, but I still believe it because McKenzie is not... The plays McKenzie's been making are not the ones that I think this offense desperately needs, if that makes sense, right? They're nice and they're big plays, but he needs third and seven. Diggs is double covered, and there's a safety rotating over the top of Davis so he can't get free. Who's going to beat it over the middle? McKenzie's not really doing that. That's not what he's doing. So, but I don't think that's fault or talent of a wide receiver. That can, you can coach be like, oh, look for the zone and just sit down. That's but, not like, but, oh, Cole Beasley it, it would shock is the me, only one that can but do it, that. It would shock me if the coach isn't trying to do that, right? Like, I, I, I would shock me if, the, if I think it, Chad Beebe and, um, uh, or is it Chad Hall? His name's Chad. Um, and Ken Dorsey aren't telling McKenzie that, right? Why, why wouldn't they be telling that? If I can notice that, so why is aren't it they that he's it? just not doing it? I think I think he's just not 
I think that there is an instinctual thing, and we talk about the slot receiver being a very important position in the NFL. I think that the best ones just have an instinct, right? We're talking about the Welkers, the Edelmans. Um, we're talking about, I'm going to put even Larry Fitzgerald late in his career, right? We're, we're talking about players that just know where to find the spot on the field. And Cole Beasley is that personified. And so I think that's the reason that they brought him back. Plus, I also want to point out, I know that like I've ranted about Cole Beasley on the show for being an idiot in the last couple of years, some things he said on social media and in press conferences. I watched his 10-minute press conference after uh, practice today, and I was really impressed with some humility that he showed, saying that he, you know, looked at himself in the mirror and was like, you know, I was, I think I was wrong about some things. He's like, I didn't appreciate some of the things that were said about me online. And he was like, but I came back here because I love this community. I love the fans. I love this team. And he was like, and I think we have unfinished business and I want to right some wrongs that I had in my last stead. Oh, and man. I really, really like, I really appreciated here that. I don't go. know. I don't know if he's going to really have an impact, but I truly believe that there is a role in this offense for him right now. So, okay. I mean, we will certainly see. Let's uh, real quick about T.Y. Hilton. You not think it's going to do anything? I mean, I really wanted to. I like T.Y. Hilton as as a talent. I mean, obviously he's in his early thirties now. I think he's thirty three, so not old. But he's for a wide receiver. That's old. hey. If just Sean Jackson at what thirty nine can run down, he's not thirty nine. <laughs> um, I will say he joined the team a week too late because Mister T.Y. Houston Killer. Um, could have played Houston last week, and uh, he always crushed Houston every time they played when he was with Indianapolis. But I do think that, you know, they – I mean, it's a reason why they've been looking into OBJ so seriously. They want another guy that's a big play threat. And while, you know, we've talked about Gallup has been impressive and obviously – excuse me, obviously C.D. Lamb is great. Uh, I do think there is that one facet of the offense missing, that one extra weapon, right? Um, and it's right now it is an arms race at the end of the season, right? You look at a team like Philly that has two legitimate number one wide receivers. Uh, they're getting Dallas Goddard back. They have two good running backs in the backfield, Jalen Hurts, good offensive line. And then they have a couple of different wide receivers that play that third role, Quez Watkins being one of them. And like they just have weapons galore. And I think Dallas is saying we need more weapons to beat them, right? So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, you're right. I, 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 I feel more... Probably more impactful Beasley to Buffalo than Hilton to uh, Dallas, but I mean, I think it'll also define how you or depend on how you define impactful. I mean, if it's right now, yeah, Cole Beasley will be out there more likely than not first because he knows the players, he knows primarily the playbook. I don't think it's changed that that much since. From, from Dayball to Dorsey, I mean, impactful, maybe T.Y. Hilton could catch a bomb in a playoff game. So, like, that could be a thing. So, we'll obviously sure, see what yeah. goes on and whatnot. And this, but OB, honestly, OB I don't, re- I don't really see either being huge. And again, like, a, OBJ might still sign with one of these teams, so we'll keep following that. Mm, I've got it done with all that drama. Yeah, probably. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield completes the longest game-winning touchdown drive under two minutes in 45 years. He's also the only. He's also the first quarterback in seven years to start for two different teams in one season. This was a really fun trip down memory lane. It happened four separate times in 2015. I want to. Can you guess any of the four quarterbacks in 2015 that started for two different teams? Quarterbacks that started for two different teams. No. Number one is Ryan Mallett. 
Okay. Number two is Brandon Whedon. Number three is Matt Castle. Number four is my favorite, Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought most of those players weren't even in the NFL. I read Jimmy Clausen. I was like, Jimmy Clausen was in the league in 2015. But so, regardless. Yeah, and Baker Mayfield did that on, what, 48 hours? So I, I want to I wanna talk about this because um, while I loved it and it was super fun and I think this is a great sign for Baker, um, I don't know if it was as incredible as some people might be saying oh, it is. Oh, man, look at this. So, I thought I was going to be the one to come on and say thing. this. Here's the thing. I, it is incredible, right? I'm not, I'm not saying it's not because – 48 hours to show up, and while, yeah, you only scored 17 points, but to score 14 of that, or whatever it was, in the final, what, six minutes of the game, right? And he did make some very good throws, but there were also some great plays made by receivers, and there were some penalties as well on that last drive. So, it is incredible. I, I, that, I am not saying it is not, but some people are talking about, like, this on a level that I think is just like, whoa, can we all? chill for a second <laughs> like i'm very excited about baker i thought he i thought he looked really good in some key moments for sure i was like but legitimately it was one maybe two drives that were great and there were some asterisks in those drives right yeah so i'm excited to watch baker the next couple of weeks right because again i thought the the areas in which he looked great in on monday night are the areas in which I believe that he would be a great fit for Sean McVay. So I'm very excited to see him play the next four weeks. He's going to be the starter for the next four weeks, barring injury, right? And see what comes of that. But some people were talking about this as like, one of the greatest sports things of all time. And I was like, it's a cool story for sure. But do we put it in that pantheon? Probably not. So I'll say this. We had a a, a 2000... 13 mini debate not as not as heated as we used to get in the old studio but i think i saw out of baker mayfield exactly what i think baker mayfield is i think baker mayfield is a good quarterback i think he is a in the teens quarterback i think he's right around the midpoint because i think he's very talented I mean, he's not going to light you up in a way that Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts will. He has some legs, but he's not going to run for 80 yards every game and do all of those things. But I think he can control the ball. I think he has good ball placement. And when he's not making dumb decisions, I think he's very, very good. There are are things that we saw, a lot of great plays. The Ben Skoranek play, I think that was on a third and long. Obviously, the touchdown to end the game. Those are very talented throws. But there's also, oh man, there's pressure in my face. This isn't a, because I've been here for 24 hours. And he puts it in the dirt at the feet of the dump off. Those are plays you're going to see Baker Mayfield make from time to time. And I just want to say this. Did you see... So you watched that game, so you saw the whole... I did watch the end of that, yeah. So you saw the whole, like, what Sean McVay's play calling is from... Did you see that, John Wolford? Uh, no, I didn't. What is... Oh, okay. Yeah, no, so this is a Sean McVay play call. And lens deduce right claw Z short... Lander, Z-Strong, X-Revo, X-Lock Blocker, Cantu, Jet, X-Monday, Astro, Read Alert, Money, Deacon, Flow, F-Panama, on the Omaha. What? This sounds like you made that up. It sounds like you made that. But this, so this this is what I'm gonna. This is what I want to say. That's convoluted as heck. That's dumb. 
I, I, so I, I don't want to sound like I know it all here because I don't. I've never played this sport. I believe that it's one of the toughest in professional sports. I truly believe that. But at the end of the day, this is still a game that children play out in the streets. When Baker Mayfield sees his guy on a go route lined up one-on-one and t- Baker talked about it, he's like, I can't believe they lined up man and not zone. When you see that, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to throw a fade to put a jump up ball. This is not rocket science. To have 14 words to be the play call, like that's what's impressive. And that's why everyone's like, oh, 48 hours. But at the end of the day, if you know your wide receiver is going to run a slant, and, then and, throw him the slant. And the same reason why, I think, again, how many times have I, one of my new favorite phrases is two things can be said, right? Because it's true. Multiple things can be said at once. I think it can be impressive that on the final drive, Baker, I don't know if you saw this, is literally just holding up a number, calling the number of route he wants each wide receiver to run. Just like, you're going to run a one, you're going to run a five, right? And everybody, everybody who's played football on any level knows the route tree of one to nine, nine being a go ball, right? So he's literally doing that to every receiver. That can be impressive, but it can also be, that's why he was able to do it because he didn't need to know 14 words in a play call. Right. But I think that Both those things, that can yes. be a, a a blessing and a curse, right? I think, and that's why, like you said, obviously this is a very cool story. This is special, but we're also talking about a a guy that's been playing football for for many many years. This is a guy that knows success. This is not oh you had the play sheet for two hours, so like he had the plane ride to study. And I'm not saying that that's not impressive, right. but this isn't a guy that didn't know what he was this looking is, at. This would be akin. This would be akin to. I have um, played Hamlet before, right? I haven't played Hamlet in years, right? But let's say that I have been doing it on and off uh, randomly for the last year. (laughs) And then, you know, hadn't been for a little while. And somebody called me up and said, hey, so today is Wednesday. Somebody said, hey, Saturday night, can you uh, fill this role for us? That would be a challenge for sure for me to figure that out in 48 hours, but it's not something I've never done before, right? Yeah. It wouldn't be shocking if I showed up. It would be impressive if I could do that in 48 hours, but it wouldn't be shocking for me to show up. And it's and also... Really, it would be really fun for me to come on the show and for us to fight again about it, but I'm... It just... I, I agree with you in this moment, right? It's impressive, but it's not stunning or, oh my gosh, it's very fun for morning shows and sports talk shows, but we're not that kind of show. More so than anything, the reason that this made me really happy because I've been on the McDaniel's got to go train for a while, and I think this is a another continues like what's going on in Vegas. I think a lot yeah, of ways this was more yeah. telling about Vegas than yeah, it was Baker. And everybody, everybody was talking about how. Um, and again, first of all, I want to credit where credit is due. McDaniel's been a lot better in the last month. This team has been playing inspired, and they've been winning games. Excuse me, and they were they've been in the playoff conversation. I think, unfortunately, after losing, they're probably out of it. I would say Um, so. It it, the AFC playoff picture is so fun and so fascinating. But yeah, I I think you're right. I think it's as far more. I think it's a fun story. It's super cool, and I I'm excited for Baker. And if Baker continues to like, if Baker wins some games and plays awesome, I will come on and fight you. But I don't think you'll want to fight me if he actually plays well, because you'll be like, see, I told you he's good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like I I have nothing against Baker. 
You hate Baker Mayfield. It's on record. Okay, uh, let's move on to the Week 14 wrap-up. we got four games I want to highlight here. First and foremost, the Vikings and Lions. We talked about it on the show. Thought it was going to trip you up, but you were on my side as well. The Detroit Lions at now 6-7 and seven, lurking in the playoff picture here. And they have now scored 25 points in five straight games. It's the first time they've done that since 1954. Oh, man. It's been 60 years or 70 years. I don't know how many. Num- <laughs> I don't know numbers. I don't use numbers in my professional life ever. Um, 25 points in five straight games. First time since 1954. It's awesome story. And the really, really unfortunate thing is it might not be enough to make the playoffs. But it is a great story right now. And it was a great game. It, it, it is. It is. It was a great game. It's been a great turnaround. And I, I feel really encouraged by this because it seems like um, three... To four weeks ago, we came on and you asked me if Dan Campbell deserved to be fired. I said no. I think things are starting to click. More so than anything, Jared Goff is playing some of the best football of his career. I I really think it's of that level. I'm really curious because of how this is going. I don't know if I agree with this, but is this becoming Goff is a centerpiece now instead of a cast-off piece? Well, Goff is... Only 28, and he's under contract for the next two seasons, I think, at around $63 million over the next two years, something like that, which is incredibly cheap for a quarterback playing at the level that he is right now. I know that doesn't sound like it, but it is. Um, That's a great question to ask because I don't know the real answer. I think the answer should be no. This isn't Goff's team. He might only be 28, and he might be playing very, very well for this football team right now. But I think we've seen enough of the limitations of Jared Goff to know that unless everything else around him is great, which right now it is, right? They just got Jamison Williams back, who scored a 40-yard touchdown in his first career catch, right? So they have weapons and they have a, have uh, you know pieces in this offense. So right now it's great, but it won't always be, right? So I think that you, if you're smart, still know you need to take a quarterback next just draft regardless of the season ends because I you know what and this would be a f- super fun story because no team in NFL history I've checked this has started a season one and six which the Lions did and made the playoffs it's never happened never happened in the history of the sport right there's been a couple of one and five teams most recently Washington did it with Alex Smith um there was also that uh chief season where Alex Smith did it uh, there was a Colts season where Andrew Luck did it, right? So it's that's happened, but one and six has never happened in the history of the NFL, right? So it would be a great story if they went made the playoffs. If they went on a run in the playoffs and won the Super Bowl, that would be insane, right? <laughs> so um, barring that happening, I really feel like you you can't be like Jared Goff's our guy. We're sticking with him. I could eat crow in a couple of weeks if he keeps crushing it and they go on a run. Right? I absolutely could, right? And you know what? I will because I, I don't hate Jared Goff. I like Jared Goff a lot. I think he's a very good quarterback, right? But I just feel like we've seen him in the moments that matter and only a handful of times has he actually shown that he has uh, been able to rise to the moment. And they got to the Super Bowl and Jared Goff was pretty terrible in that Super Bowl. So... Yeah, I, I feel like it shouldn't be, but it's a great question to ask because it will be asked all offseason if the, this team makes the playoffs. 
Well, the thing is, I don't even think it necessarily has to be the playoffs. I just want to see Jared Goff continue to play at this level. The reason, and like I said, I, I, I preface this when asking, I don't know if it's the right thing. The Lions right now are playing themselves. At a, they're the 13th pick right now. They're no longer top 10 picks. So right now they're higher of the picks, belongs to the Rams, who also just won. So it moved down. It technically actually moved up because of other teams winning. But So to be in that position to grab that caliber of what you're assuming as a quarterback is more rare than not. Although for the Lions, not so much because we've seen the Lions also have the Rams pick. Picks. I just want to point that That's out. That's the one I just said. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about their pick. I was like, they're going to have a high pick because of the Rams. Yeah, well, I was saying the Rams technically, is they won. Because they won. But, okay. But the right. other teams... They are, their pick actually moved up because of other teams like the Jags oh, and stuff. okay. So okay, right now okay. they have the sixth overall pick from the Rams. So, but, but they also have multiple picks, so they can move the board the way they want to. to sure, that is very true. But I'm all I'm saying is to get the guy that is the Patrick Mahomes or the Josh Allen where you're like, oh, it doesn't matter Like if they have – like they are the ones that elevate the team. That is not – that's not common. That's harder right, to there's do. There's only two of them in the NFL right now, arguably three if you're going to talk about Herbert, but it may be Burrow, right? But, like, those are debates to be had. I think that Patrick Mahomes is surefire. We know for sure. I think Allen is also that. I know that. I think that. But, again, like, there aren't many quarterbacks that you say that's the dude, right? Like, so to be- Joe Burrow only recently entered that conversation, right? And Herbert, while a lot of people think he's that guy, last Sunday night was the first time that I truly saw it and believed what people have been saying for a long time. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into Herbert that uh, came together well on on Sunday night. But, but again, your point that the, those guys are super rare still. Holds so to true. be like, oh, we yeah. need to get a quarterback because yeah. Jared Goff can't be that. I think that they do need Maybe, to still draft one, but I think they probably will. They probably should. But when you're talking about that draft cap, you're like, oh, we need to get Goff needs the perfect team around. I'm like, well, then it, this is the time to do it. You got the picks to do it. It's a it's a fun conversation. I think what I want I want to I want to talk because we're talking in hypotheticals. I want to look at this last four games for Lions, and I want to ask you if you think they make the playoffs. They go to the Jets this weekend, also in Pal's picks. You don't have to reveal that yet. But then they go to Carolina, a team that's possibly fighting for the division, and then they get to host Chicago, and then go in Green Bay Week 18. Do we think that the Lions finish nine and eight, ten and seven, and win the or not win the division, but? Make it to the playoffs. <laughs> well, because, because that's of, so hard to say just based well, on their this, schedule. Because of this tie, the Commanders and the Giants, um, like because of, that, of their ties, one of these two teams is probably going to still finish with nine wins. So if the Lions also finish with nine wins, they don't get in because they don't have a tie. So they either have to win out to guarantee that they would make it over one of these teams um, or one of these teams has to win, has to lose three of their last four, right? Now the Giants have uh, in... The commanders this week, so one of the you know one of them is going to lose, and then they have to go to Minnesota, and then they're home for the Colts, and then to Philly. Right, that looks like it could be a one and three, right? And if that's, that's possible, the, if that's one and three for the Giants, which I I'm not saying it is, and then the the Lions go you know three and one and only lose to the Jets or only lose to um the uh, the the somebody else, sorry, um, <laughs> then they make it in, right? And then the Commanders have, again, the Giants, and then they have to go to San Francisco, and then they still have Dallas and Cleveland on their schedule. So this is, like, not crazy, but knowing those three, because those are the three teams, right, that are fighting for that last, you know, those last two spots. Um, 
knowing that, do you think that the Lions may find their way in? I mean, it's possible. The reason I'm saying well, no, I know, and I know it's, it's possible. I'm nothing. asking if you think they will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm answering the question, Adam. <laughs> I'm saying no, but that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about in terms of part of the great turnaround that this team has been as of late is not only that their offense has put up 25 points in the last for since the last 70 years that's great it's also been this turnaround of this defense which has gone from oh we're moving the ball no matter what to like oh this is tricky will that continue more so than the offense is the thing that would be the bugaboo for me because i think and they're not a we're never going to punt the football team but they are a team that has so much going for them that i think is just so hard to stop i think that if the lions beat the jets this week i think they make it oh man i think cuz i think they'll beat the chicago so that gives them two more wins that puts them at 8 and 7 and then i think that they more than likely split between the Panthers and the Packers, but could also very much beat both of them. Puts them at nine and eight or ten and seven. I don't see I, I think one now I know I said this, you know, I said that both the uh commanders and the Giants finish with nine wins and they both make it. I think one of them is gonna finish with eight and it's not gonna be enough at this point. Looking at those schedules the way I did. Now, did you see the there's a clip of um Dan Campbell on the McAfee show this week? I didn't watch it. So he, it's really funny. They were like, they were asking him about the Penny Sewell play, where he play action, they threw it to him for the first down to close the game out. Okay. And uh, he was like, yeah, I was, I was talking to, to somebody else. And then in, uh, in my in my ear, Ben Jones is like, hey, what do you think about this? Like explaining we're going to throw the ball to Sewell here. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he was like, then I was watching the play. And I was like, what the F are we doing right now? And then it was obviously completed. So it's fun. If anything else, over, you know, despite everything and over everything else, I think you're right in hammering home the important thing about this is the improvement of the team. But also, more importantly, that we were very high on the Lions coming into this season about being a team that could spoil, being a team that could maybe sneak in, and then they started 1-6. and six. So, if, above anything else, that they went on this 5-1 and one run is the most impressive thing. And very, very exciting, but also encouraging for the future of the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I think the one thing that is really going for for the Lions right now, people, not so much us, but even you asked the question, people are calling for Dan Campbell's job anyways. Dan Campbell went for a fake punt. They're like own 26. And it wasn't fourth and two, but they're, they're giving zero Fs right now. They're just going for it, and that can be scary. It'll be fun to watch. It'll be an awesome game, uh, hopefully this Sunday? It's on Sunday. Yeah, it's a 1 o'clock start on Sunday. Let's talk about Texans-Cowboys. My big thing about this game, and I, I'll i get your thoughts, is that great teams find a way to win games. And a point that I want to make, because I feel like if I'm going to try to anticipate your counter-argument, would be, but why don't you believe in the Vikings? Because they win a lot of close games. <laughs> Great teams not only win games, they win games any way they have to. 
And that's why I'm not worried about the Cowboys after the Texans took them to the brink, even though the Texans probably should have won the game. Um, I'm not worried about it because the Cowboys have shown they can blow teams out. The Cowboys have shown that they can go all the way down to the wire and win at the end of the game against any kind of team. So they've shown that they can win multiple different types of games, multiple different types of ways with the run game that I just said, maybe the best duo in the NFL in the, in the backfield and through the air with Dak lighting it up. They, they can win any way they want to and they can win any type of game they need to. And I think that's why it's more encouraging. And I, I think that's what's being missed on a lot of talk this week about the Cowboys. And everybody, every show leads with the Cowboys, right? It's just who they are. They're America's team, whatever, right? But I don't agree with a lot of people saying that, oh, we need to really worry about the Cowboys. The Texans almost beat them. Any given Sunday is a real thing. Absolutely. I, I don't. I, I really like what I saw after the game from the Cowboys. I really respected Dak coming on saying, we'll learn more from this than we will from scoring 30 points in the fourth quarter in a blowout. That's more important. I agree with you. But it's still a cause for concern because when you take out the 30-point fourth quarter against the, the Colts... And you've seen the Cowboys be in tight games, of which they've won, and that's what matters. Ultimately, that's how you get to the Super Bowl is you just win the game. But we've seen Dak turning the ball over a lot early in games. We have seen in those two games, or in the last two games, not take out the Colts game. We haven't seen sacks. We haven't been seeing the perpetual pressure that we saw early on in the year where they were just swarming quarterbacks and quarterbacks didn't have an answer. So yeah, there are still areas of concern, but I agree with you. I The Cowboys are an upper echelon NFL team this year. They're going to be an extreme threat in the playoffs. I believe that. But to be like, oh, they're bulletproof. They're not. Would you, and I don't think they're bulletproof either. Would you rather have the Cowboys or the Vikings right now? In what way? Like they're playing a game who's going to win? I mean, you could say it that way. Which one would you rather bet on to win? Which one? I mean, whatever way. Which one's the better team right now? I mean, I I think there are still varying levels of that, but I I still like the Vikings more. Um, okay. okay. As a whole, right. as right. a whole, I like the, the the Vikings more. Okay. I would still take the Cowboys, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, let's talk about love. Uh, no, let's talk about the Panthers and the Seahawks. Panthers are still in it. I was right. I should have stuck with it. Panthers are winning the division. Oh, man. Let's go. They certainly have their path. Um, really fun game. Sam Darnold. It's uh, it's nice to see him have some success. I mean, he didn't light anything up. Some 1985 football. Yeah, yeah. For you, 1985 football. I mean, it was. They just they ran 67 <laughs> I times. I know, I know. I'm actually and, curious of the actual amount, but it's probably it, they close. Did run. They did run a lot. Um, Sam Darnold made some plays, right, with his, his arm and his legs, as he is akin to do. And uh, in the end, they were able to score when they needed to to finish the game and close it out with their defense, right? Uh, this is a good football team. I, they, they've just needed consistent quarterback play and maybe, you know, a little bit better offensive line play. But they got both of those in the last couple of weeks, and that's why they've been winning games. And the, you know, Buccaneers are just terrible. <laughs> um, uh, but... Yeah, I mean, I think you picked the Seahawks in this game. 
I did. So were you? I, you didn't say you. You told me you said on the show you wouldn't be shocked if the Panthers won. But how do you feel about how this game went down? Yeah, I think this game really kind of went. I don't want to say that it went the way I thought it would because it didn't. I said the the health of the Seahawks running backs was a huge concern of mine, and they were beat up. Travis Homer ran for under three yards a carry. That's not the formula for success for the for the Seahawks. But more so than anything, what's really alarming to the Seahawks about me is I more so in fantasy corner than anything, but I've been about the Seahawks defense. I'm like, they're making splash plays. Like they are playing above what they are right now. Like these young DBs are doing really well. They have fallen off. They are not being the defense that they were during their hot streak. Obviously that's why they're on a losing streak right now. I don't want to say that's the only reason because it's not the only reason, but that is a huge reason in my opinion as to why they're struggling because of that formula of playing really great defense and then being able to move the ball forcefully on the ground. It's really what, the Panthers are doing right now. And so I think this game makes a ton of sense because the Panthers, I mean, excuse me, the Seahawks could not at all stop the Panthers running game when you basically knew that's what they're doing. And so I, I'm not shocked. I, so, I I picked the Seahawks, but I right. said I wouldn't be shocked. And it was a, it was a six point game that came down to the, it did. To, no, to it the did. ladder. Yeah. I, so do you think jokes aside, the Panthers win the division, or do you still think the Bucks find a way? Oh, man. Well, so there are still so many variables, right? Like, it could still technically be the Falcons. It could still be the Saints. Uh, I don't think it's going to be either of those teams, but I could be wrong. Just I've been saying. wrong many, many, many times before. But So the Bucks have um, the Bengals this week, and then they have to the Cardinals, and then they have matchups at home with the Panthers and on the road for the Falcons to finish the season. The Panthers have the Steelers this week, then the Lions, and then they go on the road for the Bucks and the Saints. I will say I feel more comfortable with that path than anything. But if it comes down to a win and in playoff game, and I know it's not literally that, but if it's that with Tom Brady, it's going to be real hard to bet against Tom sure, Brady. Sure, if it came down to a win and in, that would also mean... So if it came down to win or in, then that for this division, it would mean that... It's uh, the winning in would be Panthers versus Saints or Bucks versus Falcons, right? Um, so if it came to winning in for the Bucks, and that would mean the Falcons are in there. Uh, the Falcons obviously have a matchup against the Saints this week. Then they have Baltimore, and then they finish with the Cardinals in Arizona. So there, let's look at the Saints real quick. So the Saints have the Falcons, and then they have. So the, I don't think the Saints are beating the Eagles, and the Saints would have to beat the Eagles if they wanted to win this division. I'm not saying. So, I'm saying they can't. Um, I'm saying they can't. Uh, Regardless, yeah, I, I think it was fun, and um, if anything else, I was just proud to get you on at least one Pals Pit game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is it really getting me if I'm not like, oh, the Seahawks, definitely, no matter hey, what. Hey, be quiet. Let's talk about the Dolphins at the Chargers. Uh, another fascinating game, some fun stats. Tyreek Hill, now the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown five separate ways. <laughs> Punt return, kick return, fumble return, rushing, and receiving. Only player in NFL history. I think that's kind of fun. It's that crazy. seems kind of weird. It's because it, we're talking about a sport that normally in the old days of the sport, players played everywhere, right? So I find it's weird to me that nobody's ever done that before. But that's really cool. Uh, so kudos to Tyreek Hill. Uh, Justin Herbert had his 10th game with 300 passing yards and no interceptions. 
that breaks Patrick Mahomes' record for the most under the age of 25. So if, is there more proof that we're just in the era of all these young quarterbacks are going to start breaking each other's records every year? Um, but kudos to Herbert. He played awesome on Sunday. My big thing is, and this was going to be my rant, why in the world do, did you not run the football more? <laughs> I don't understand it. It's not that they, it's it's also not because they were magically inefficient. The the Miami averaged six point had six point five five EPA per play or EPA on running running downs. That's a big number for EPA. Like you you were running the ball really well, and then all of a sudden you're like, let's just go down the field all the time. And sure, you hit Tyreek Hill on the one, but. Like, what is going on? Oh, I was heated. You came on the show and you said, worst defense since the 50s on, against the run. Mm-hmm. And McDaniel wasn't... I, I'm so confused. Can yeah. you put this into context that makes it more understandable? No, not I'm at all. stunned. No, not at all. <laughs> there, it is It is a huge mistake. Uh, I think it was one of the worst coaching jobs I've seen from McDaniel uh, in his first year. Which I think is encouraging. I mean, like, they're already... I mean, you know fans are fickle, but people are already like, get rid of this guy, he's garbage! Like, just stop. But yeah, it was not a good display of coaching. And it would be it would be one thing if they came out first couple of drives, they really tried to commit to it, and then stonewall, right? That's one thing. They were having success, right? I mean, there were, that, there were that. times that it was fairly... I don't want to say predictable, but first and ten missed... Let's try the run game now. You get stuffed, and then you make it a third and long that you have to do. So I did see that formula a handful of times, which so they they sort of started forecasting that a little bit, which was frustrating. But I mean, there were runs. I you can't make excuses, but I will be. I would be curious if on the best run of the game, which still wasn't great, especially for what I think the Chargers' run defense is, was the Jeff Wilson like. 20 some and he got hurt on that play if he doesn't get hurt i wonder if things change a little bit i don't know but yeah no inexcusable so where are you as a dolphins fan on this team now this is now two in a row two again i made the argument and i still believe that Tua actually played pretty well against san francisco barring a couple mistakes but even saying that Two of his worst performances back-to-back of the season, certainly on Sunday night. Where are you with this team? Where are you with Tua? Because now we're having a conversation of, can this team miss the playoffs? Because now they're dangling right here on the edge. Yeah. I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, we have to see more consistency from the team. We know that the team can score at any minute. We know that they can do that, but we need to boil it down a little bit. We need to not just rely on on the go route or perfectly playing the middle post or something along those lines. We need to get just quick slants or curls and have the guys come back to the football and try to make somebody miss there. And just you need to commit to the run game. More so than anything, I love the spirit of the Miami defense right now. I think... This is a, a weird statement. They're playing well, but they're playing really poorly, in my opinion. I love what they're doing, but I don't like how they're doing it. I don't love that Bradley Chubb is playing 50% of snaps. I Christian Wilkins is playing his GD mind out, and seems like he was the only one that really wanted to be there and play, which is great. I loved him when we drafted him after everyone else that I loved got drafted in that draft. But... 
Uh, I'm really happy to see that he's becoming dominant, but I just, I, I think with the amount of talent that's there, it is underachieving. So uh, I don't love Josh Boyer. I really feel like Flores was the guy that made all of those magical things work and people were like, oh, but he was there. He can do it. No, I think Brian Flores made that defense so fierce. I won't be surprised if there is a new defensive coordinator next year, but let's focus on in on this year. I really think you just need to commit to that run game more more often because even opening up the the play action to say like they have that threat of running the ball even if it's not working it's not into his hands so everyone just can't drop back those 15 to 20 yards to make those passes more difficult to complete I think that's a necessity so obviously the Buffalo game's tough uh it's going to be Saturday night. It's very exciting for this game. It should be a lot of fun. <laughs> but it's going to be cold. It's going to be mid to low 20s. There's supposed to be one to three inches of snow during the game. It's going to be wins. That's a tough game. Um, and then after that, they host Green Bay. Then they go to New England tough. And then host the Jets tough, who are also going to try to get in. I mean, I wasn't going to say I'm not a betting man because I do bet. <laughs> but like... So much more than I thought. I'd be afraid to bet on the Dolphins to make it because this is really hard. Like, I think that I would give them a win over Green Bay and the and the Patriots. I think I feel comfortable saying that. So that puts them at 10 wins. But then you still have, like, one of the two um, uh, AFC North teams, right? It's going to, like, two of the teams are going to make it from that division probably. And then the Chargers are now streaking and have a tiebreaker over the Dolphins. And then you have the Patriots and the Jets behind them, right? This is this is uh, one, two, three, four, five, five teams fighting for three spots. Two of these teams aren't going to make it. Right? Sure. Well, and it's scary because the Dolphins have two of their games against two teams nipping at their heels, and they still have to play Buffalo, right? That's that's. I don't know how you feel. I mean, yeah, of course it's daunting. It's uh, I mean, it's a possibility, but it is for every team at this sanction, unless you are the Philadelphia Eagles, that you're already locked in. I mean, everybody can fall on their face. Anything can happen. We've seen magical things happen before. But in in your scenarios, you're always saying, like, oh, they have to do this, or but so do the other teams. So you're like, they have the Patriots and the Jets and they're right there. Well, yes, they are, but they also play those teams. So, I mean, like, they control their destiny to do it. No, yeah, I'm not... That's not what I'm saying. I'm just... um, I think most people had the Dolphins winning. In fact, the whole entire Sunday Night Football panel swept on them and I was like, oh, no. No one that happens. (laughs) Um... Most people had them winning, and now that they didn't, like I think if they win that game and they're nine and or they're eight, are they they're eight and five right now? So they'd be nine and four, right? You're at nine and four, then you're thinking they really just have to win one of their next four and they're in, right? Um, and now two of your next four is not insanely hard, but some of these other teams can also get to eleven wins like they can. So I think that. It's just a matter of, I don't think a lot of us saw them losing against the Chargers. And now that it is, now it's very concerning, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, it is concerning. You don't want your team to lose, but let's let's just go back to last year, for example. This So let's, we're 
all probably just assuming they lose in Buffalo, right? So they're eight and six. Last year, at this point, Buffalo eight and six. That's very true. Buffalo so was uh, Buffalo you know, was seven and six at one point, and then they won their last five games, right? So I, I agree with you. I think that it, I think when all said and done, Miami still does get in, right? Because again, I think I would pick them over both the Jets and the Patriots and and the Packers, right? So that gives them eleven wins, right? I don't think anybody else is going to kick them out with eleven wins. Um, but I just think that, uh, I don't know. It'll be fascinating. We don't have to keep talking about it because I think we're just talking circles around each other. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> which game we're each looking most forward to, and then we'll get into some past picks. Yeah, so I have two games on here. We can just talk about one each if you want or whatever along those lines. Uh, one of the games I'm very excited about, we've already talked about highlighted a little bit, is those Cowboys versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think the the most exciting thing is that, that this is a legitimately good game, right? I know, and this is another thing that like casual fans won't realize because the Jaguars are 5-8, and eight, but the Jaguars are playing really good football right now. And while I still hold fast to that, I still believe in the Cowboys as the second best team in the NFC and I still would have them over the Vikings. Um they did just get taken to the brink by the Texans, so the Jaguars are a much better team than the Texans. So this should be a close game, but I could also see it being like, I said the Raiders were going to beat the Saints, and the Saints <laughs> won 24 nothing. So <laughs> I'm also really excited about the Titans at the Chargers. This is, there's some really fascinating math going on in this game that parallels pretty, pretty, I was going to, funly is not a word, but entertain very full of entertainment so still charged very very bad against the run we're going up against the number two rusher in the league right now derrick henry and i know he was stymed and he hasn't been as great um but he had a really good first half and a terrible second half against the jags and whatnot but still the number two at rusher in the nfl going against the worst Pass I will rush say, defense. I will say this. I think that's the only way the Titans win is if Derrick Henry goes nuts, right? If Derrick, if, if the Chargers are able to use your word, stymie him even a little bit, I think the Chargers comfortably win this game. So I think Derrick Henry has to go nuts. The other, but you didn't let me finish my fun thing. So Derrick Henry is the number two going against the worst. Herbert's the number two passer going against the worst pass defense. Okay, I should have let you finish. I'm sorry about that. That is really fun. So it really could be like Derrick Henry, 70-yard touchdown. Justin Herbert, 70-yard touchdown. <laughs> now I want that to happen. Now I want to just go back and forth like that the whole game. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. But honestly, this feels like the game that the Titans have been reeling. And they've lost three in a row. And sometimes they look uninspired. And I feel like this is the perfect Titans game where they get inspired. And it, it's just a battle fest so i really I am excited about this one i mentioned mike vrabel before this three-game losing streak should be a leading candidate for a coach of the year if you're a leading candidate for coach of the year you don't lose this game if you're if you're a guy that's going to win that award he's not going to win the award because it doesn't go to guys like that anymore it goes to new coaches who you know turn their teams around very quickly but however if if you are that kind of coach, this is the game that you you got you, have, you just have to get your team ready to play, right? You have to have your team win this game because if you lose this game, every if you lose this game, uh, even I mean certainly if the Jaguars win, but if you lose this game and the Jaguars win, everybody's leading segment is 
the Jaguars win the AFC South? <laughs> That'll be the leading segment on every show Monday morning if that happens. You just you can't lose this game. Um, now, they can lose the game and still win the division, right? But I'm just talking about from a perception standpoint sure. and from a team that, you know, was in the AFC title game recently, right? And, you know, obviously they lost to the um, – the Bengals, excuse me, in the divisional round, but they were the number one seed last year, right? So, like, this is a team that has aspirations to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year, and certainly when they were seven and three. But yeah, th- so you're right. Th- that game is that's a that's a behemoth on the schedule. What about you? My so mine was Lions at Jets. Okay, um, for many many reasons because one, it's it's two teams that are in the playoff picture. It's the Jets kind of reeling a little bit, even though they're not playing poorly. I don't think they've been playing well. And the the Lions really trying to win. I think they need to win this game. But the more fascinating thing about this is Zach Wilson was is going to be the backup. And we also don't know if Mike White's going to play because of his rib injury. And even if Mike White plays, how long does he last if he takes another hit to that rib rib cage is he out again and then we have Zach Wilson back after we just said is his reign over last week right like there's so many stories in this game and I just think it's gonna be so I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be so uh eager to follow this game very closely because of all those storylines yeah it could still that could be bad for Zach Wilson still though as well, right? If he like, comes if, out like, he there and, and he throws six pass, complete six <laughs> passes out of twenty attempts for forty eight sure. yards, like they're gonna be like, but, oh, yep, okay. But also, but again, this is why it's fun. But also, he could just as likely come in, throw three touchdowns, and everybody's like, Zach Wilson's back, everybody, right? Like, I, if, if that happens, do you think that he just takes the reins back? There are a, there aren't a lot of times that I'm like, you're an idiot, but I can't. There, Zach Wilson's not coming in throwing three touchdowns. Okay, I'm not going to... This is... (laughs) Future Adam just took over my body and said, Adam, you want to make a bet right now on that? Don't you dare make a bet on that. So, but again, I just... The story is I shouldn't even say he can't. No, he he can't. But but when you're like, it's just as likely. I think it's much more likely he's bad. (laughs) You know what? That's probably true. (laughs) Thanks for correcting me. But that is the game I'm most looking forward to, for sure. What's your... What was your other game? I, I said the Cowboys and the Jets. Oh, you said both. Oh, that's right. That's right. You said both. I just leapfrogged you. You did. Got All right. No, there's a lot of really, really cool games on slate. And we didn't say Buffalo, Miami. But again, like that's obviously a game that I'm just dying to watch. Right. I'm oh, man. so excited to watch that game for Oop. sure. Um, with that being said, it's time for Pals Picks. Oh, I fell a little yeah. off there. It's okay, bud. Give him the rundown. Yeah, so I had my first one and two week since week three. Uh, you went two and one, so we're sitting at me with a twenty-eight. Picked up a game. If I have nine more, <laughs> twenty-eight, thirteen, and one, and you're at twenty and twenty-two. If I have eight more weeks of this, I'll catch up to you. <laughs> there we go. So you got to give me the games first this week. So why don't you kick us off here, my friend? Yeah. So I'm not going to do the thing where I say I feel really confident about this because obviously <laughs> that's my um, thing. But I feel very good about the slate that's on Palace Picks this week. First and foremost, Thursday Night Football, 49ers at Seahawks. We'll be watching this game together. I'm very excited for this one as well. Yeah, this one will be fun. And years past, these were some of the, excuse me, 
best games that we saw. I vividly remember that one, I think it was Thursday night one in our old apartment where the game just like back and forth at the end. And Jimmy I, Russell game. Yeah. And then afterwards we were like, was that the best game of the year? It was just really fun. The The thing about this game is what I said earlier about the Seahawks woes, and it's that their defense has significantly regressed. I don't see them keeping up and being able to stop these playmakers of the 49ers. I am taking the 49ers in this road game because primarily their defense is so good. Brock Purdy came out and played really clean football. He distributed really well, and it wasn't, oh, we're going to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage every time and like let them do it. He pushed the ball sometimes, which is great. And if you can find that combination, I feel comfortable against this Seahawks so, team. My question to you, though, is his status is up in the air for this game. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, he got hurt early in the game and still played the entire game. If it was the end of the game and he was like, oh, I got to gut it out because, but it wasn't. It wasn't that kind of game or that sort of injury or that feel. I know that I believe it's an ankle injury, I think. So, I mean, we'll see. I think he plays. Will that impact his level of play? That's a possibility. Because he has some mobility, and that's really been a a layer of the game that they wanted, obviously, why they went Trey Lance over Jimmy to start. So that could impact it. I think that could be an impact. I don't think it's a risk of playing versus not playing. But at the end of the day, I will just trust that that 49ers defense more so okay. than I trust the Seahawks defense. Okay. Do you see the story that apparently Brock Purdy's parents already had tickets to this game? They yeah. had bought tickets to this game before the season because they wanted to see Tom Brady. And then it just so happened that their son was... Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, and then one of my tidbits is Brady was six and zero against uh, quarterbacks with their first start. Not anymore. I want to read these names to you really quick because, oh my gosh, what a what a what a what a terrible group of quarterbacks. Uh, <laughs> Luke Falk for the Jets in 2019. EJ Manuel for Buffalo in 2013. Jake Locker in 2012 with the Titans. I liked Jay Locker. I thought he retired too soon. Um, uh, Tyler Palco with the Chiefs in 2011 Matt Flynn with Green Bay in 2010 and then Luke McCown's first career start in Cleveland in 2004 you could not have told me that Luke Falk was a quarterback in 2019 yeah I mean like like, once I read the name I was like oh okay Luke Falk but yeah I I legitimately was like (laughs) what so I thought that was funny Um, let's get to the second game the Falcons at the Saints this is this is legitimately a loser leaves town game, right? Whichever team wins this game will still have a chance at the division. The other one mathematically will, but in my opinion, whatever one loses this game, you is don't out, believe is in out. either of these teams anymore. After I don't. You've turned on your Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, listen, they. Although Mariota was put on IR, so maybe it really wasn't. Let's go to Ritter and see what he can do. Arthur kind Smith of thing, said that but, had nothing to do with it. Well, that's fine. But Jesmond Ritter, first career start against the New Orleans Saints. If this one was in Atlanta, I would feel differently about this game. I'm picking the home team in the Saints. I hope for the excitement of football that I'm wrong about this, but I am not a Desmond Ritter believer. I think he can be passable. 
And really, that's all the Falcons have needed this year to stay in their games because Marcus hasn't been lighting it up, right? So you just need passable. If this game was in Atlanta, I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe they got a chance. But being in New Orleans against what I still think is a good defense, I just feel more comfortable with the home team. I think I agree with the defense thing. Their defense is definitely very good. And Andy Dalton hasn't been terrible. I just still don't understand why. No, I mean, I, I'm still in the same boat with you. On that. I don't understand why that Jameis hasn't gotten another shot. But and I'll be rooting for the Falcons because I still love them. But I, I just think that uh, I'm, I'm concerned about a rookie going into the Superdome against that type of defense. So, yeah. Uh, let's go to last but not least, my highlighted game of the week: the Lions traveling to the Jets. This isn't technically a loser leaves town match, but things get very, very tough whichever team fighting to make the playoffs loses. Yeah, for sure. Right now, it's coming down to the health impact in this game, in my opinion. And it has nothing to do with the quarterback. It's not Mike White that I'm worried about. It is Quinnen Williams, who is still day-to-day, not logging full practices. He has Quinnen been Williams has been absolute yes. game-changer for the Jets this year. for the Jets, yes. So I, if Before he, he went out against Buffalo, I was legitimately like, we're going to lose this game. Because he was destroying us up the middle. I will say I completely – I don't know if I was like, you're not going to win. But as soon as he went out, I was like, Bill's got it. It's, it was a, it's a different game. I, I, I'm i taking the Lions. I think they keep on this win streak. I, I like their weapons, and I think the Jets could be down their most important defensive one there. I actually, do you feel like uh, Sauce Gardner is up well, there? So I don't Sauce, know. Ga- Sauce Gardner is too for me. Sauce has been great. Sauce has been awesome, right? But – I I just think that we, especially rookies and especially high-profile rookies like Sauce Gardner, we elevate them a, a little bit too much sometimes. He has been awesome, but Quinton Williams has been downright dominant. Sure. Quinton Williams, you could argue right now, is the best defensive tackle in the NFL. He's been that good this year, um, and their front seven is ferocious. Uh, all right, to recap, you have two road warriors, the 49ers on Thursday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks getting the victory. Uh, the second road warrior, the aforementioned Lions, finishing or completing, or continuing, excuse me, their win streak against the New York Jets, and then the Atlanta Falcons lose in the Superdome in Desmond Ritter's first start against the New Orleans Saints. Here we go, house picks coming your way. The first game on the slate is the Baltimore Ravens traveling to take on the Browns. Uh, I think this is my toughest one. Because of the quarterback, right? Obviously, I think if Lamar were playing, I'd be like, I think the Ravens figure it out. If the if Tyler Huntley were guaranteed to play, I'd be like, I think the Ravens might be able to sneak this one out. We don't know who's going to start a quarterback, whether Huntley well, will be helping Pretty positive it's not Lamar. We don't know if it's going to be Gordon, right? I, I didn't even actually watch snaps of him, right? So I don't even know what he looked like, <laughs> right? So I have no clue what to, what to think about that. So I'm gonna pick the Browns. Oh man! And I know, I know, I know. Deshaun has looked so bad, and I don't want to root for the Browns, but I just think their run game can still be a focal point. I know the Ravens have a tough defense, especially since Roquan's been there. But I, I am really, really afraid that the Ravens might not be able to do anything against the uh, Cleveland defense that's been playing a lot better recently, and. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to the wire and it's going to be really frustrating. But I just, I feel I feel like Deshaun has to be better than a third string quarterback, right? He has to be. 
Okay, so, okay. Yeah, I'm going to go. Taking I don't like it. the but, Browns at home. Yeah, I don't like it, but I'm going Browns at home. Patriots at Raiders. I feel okay about this one because the Raiders suck and I hate them. The Patriots have to win this game, right? So the Patriots are going to win this game. I think that the... I think that the Raiders are a good football team. I Jokes aside, the Raiders suck and I hate them, right? That's funny. But I think they're a good football team, right? I just think that they're inconsistent and they get in their own way too often. And I think that Bill Belichick, that's where he eats, right? He eats against teams that get in their own way and make mistakes. And he makes his team not make mistakes. And the offense showed a little bit more life. Uh, on Monday night against the Cardinals, right? So I, I think that this will be a, probably another close game that I think ends up being like a 10-point Pats win. That's what I would say. I want to say two things. I'm very excited about this mentor versus mentee game. I feel like if there's anyone that knows how to attack this defense, so it's going to be this guy. Well, and McDaniels won his first game that was the mentor versus mentee with Denver. That was that huge overtime game. It was the first overtime game Tom Brady lost. The other thing to say is the last time you said the Raiders suck and I hate them was you picking against them and they won. So let's see if Destiny Why do you got to bring stuff like that up? I just want to, like... I... If like if the Raiders suck and I hate them had been like you picked them and they lost, and they lost, then it would be, be like it a, would make sense. It's like when you say in Russ, <laughs> when you say in Russ, I trust. Last but not least, that game that I talked about being really excited about because of maybe more ineptitude, smash mouthing with greatness. The Titans traveling to take on those Chargers. I feel confident in picking the Chargers here. Now you bringing up the stat about Henry versus this is. What did make me feel a little bit more wary, but I do actually, now that you said that, I'm very excited. I was already excited, but I'm even more excited now that you brought it up because I do think it could be a really fun game of Derrick Henry runs for 200-plus yards and three touchdowns, but Justin Herbert throws for 400-plus yards and four touchdowns, and that's how the game ends, and now that's what I desperately want to happen, but Chargers need to keep winning if they want to stay in it. Obviously, so does Tennessee, but I just really, really liked what I saw uh, the Chargers against a very good Dolphins team, regardless of how they lost the last two games, they're still a very good Dolphins team. I really liked what I saw out of them, and uh, I was really discouraged in what I saw against Jacksonville with the Titans. So I'm going with Herbert and the Chargers to keep rolling here. There we go. I thought they talked about it a little too much in the Chargers game, but it's something I agree with that I feel like we're finally seeing Justin Herbert recover from that injury he occurred in Week 2. I think this is the Herbert that I was like, oh, yeah, like they're going to win the division. Yeah, when he rolled out to the right and made that uh, across his body throw over to Mike Williams deep down the field, I was like, okay, that's that's the Herbert that everybody freaks out about online. There we go. So you have the opposite of me of two home teams and one away. You have the Browns beating the Ravens. You have the Patriots beating the Raiders and the Chargers, vanquishing the Titans. I need I need a big week. I need a big 3-0-0-3 week to really feel oh, like man. this could happen for me. So, <laughs> so, And my run your pool will reflect that. All right. Fantasy corner. We made it. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about this. <laughs> we made it into the playoffs, guys. Simultaneous catch is back. It's back. Guys, this is what well, obviously this is not good simultaneous catch. This is a historic collapse by the teams that could have caught us because we went 0 and 2 last week. The one thing I said we could not do, right? We couldn't beat the median and we couldn't beat uh, our opponent. 
0-2, still made it because the two teams behind us also went 0-2. And the one guy, I think, scored, what, 30 points, 40 points? It was disgusting. So <laughs> we are in the playoffs. Um, we have an interesting matchup, of course. Uh, I did make a move without consulting you. Yes, and two. And I'm sorry about it. Two moves. Oh, did I make two moves? I thought I only made one. Oh, I did put in the clay for Pierce. So I made a move this morning because I saw a report that said Damian Pierce is out one to three weeks. I saw a report that said that this morning, and so I freaked out and said, I need to add Rex Burkhead. And so I added Rex Burkhead to our bench. Um, I'm sorry. I was really worried that I wasn't going to get to talk to you in enough time to debate it, but I don't think we really needed Van Jefferson still on our roster. Now's the time. You believe in Baker Mayfield... Gotta, but we're really good at wide receiver. We have like we have good wide receivers. So yeah, well, we have Zonovan Knight. We do have Zonovan Knight. Um, I, Anyways, yeah, yes. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I this is a werewolf. I think we can win this matchup. Now they have McCaffrey, who's terrifying, and they have Allen, who's terrifying, and they have Waddle. But it's going to be a cold game. Maybe they don't throw a lot. So they have obviously they made the playoffs too, right? Um, but we can win. I feel like we can do this. Yeah, I agree. And this is nothing against the Buffalo Bills. It's not. Since their bye week, Josh Allen's only had one monster fantasy game. And we have Stefan Diggs, right? So I feel like the weather is still going to impact both teams. Of course, it's stronger for Miami, but this isn't like, oh, like... Josh Allen can just perfectly throw the 90-yard touchdown bomb in the cold weather, and no one else can. Like, it's going—it's tough for both teams, regardless of who's there. They're more acclimated to it. But, so, I mean, like, I think to be like, oh, Josh Allen's going to put up 45. Like, that's usually what I think when Josh Allen—I play Josh Allen in fantasy. I'm like, oh, it's inevitable. Like, here's 50 points for their quarterback. That's not the case. Uh, I, I don't think— I do. I think the real conversation is uh, for us is between Zonovan Knight, Chuba Hubbard, and Rex Burkhead. I think that's you don't think that that's a conversation. No, I appreciate it, but you were just like, I don't want to hear you talk about. Well, no, because I, <laughs> I no, I think I I think I agree with you, and I don't think it makes sense for us to debate it because I think I agree with you, right? Um, and like I said, Josh Allen always goes to Diggs. If he has a huge game, Diggs is probably also having a huge game. I don't know, so Cole get, Beasley, everybody. Yeah. Okay, what was the question? I think the conversation we need to have is between Zonovan Knight, Rex Burkhead, and who was the third one I said? And Chuba Hubbard. So Chuba That's Hubbard the conversation we have did had. well against Seattle. Uh, it made me happy. I liked Chuba Hubbard. So to see him be really efficient with his touches and not only get like – it's different if you get four touches and you run for 30 yards. You're like, oh, yeah, efficiency is great. But, I mean, he ran for five and a half on 17 carries and got in the end zone. That was great. I will say Rex Burkhead is intriguing. I just again, this is why like I can't stand a half point PPR. Like yes, because if it was a full point PPR, I'd, I'd be, be like, like, oh yeah, lock we're it in. Rex Burkhead because he's going to catch five passes. Um. So the thing is, we have two two uh, spots to fill because I don't feel good about Moster at all. So and then we're talking. So I think we put. So one does that of those... mean we play Burkhead? Uh oh wait so we're just we're picking two of the three now instead of one of the three you're saying. yeah basically okay. I feel okay with Zonovan Knight um it really like 
they went to him, right? Like I was watching that game and I was like, oh, I think I was wrong because they really didn't go to James Robinson. And even though Michael Carter was there, didn't really do anything at all. And now this is this is three straight weeks of 14-plus carries. Um, he's also getting targets. Um, and he scored ten po- at least 10 points in the last three three weeks. He's running back 13 two weeks ago, running back 14 this past week. Um, Detroit has a, a decent run de- uh, defense against running backs, but I, I feel like we probably can't bench Donovan Knight. I, I can see this being a really poor game for Knight, but I think I'd rather go with the possible upside than the reality that Detroit's been stingy. Because Detroit, well... They have a suspect run defense. I think a lot of that still carries over from when they've struggled. They did a really great job of controlling Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook and uh, other names that I can't think of right now, but they're impressive backs. So in terms of fantasy, they've locked some guys down, but I think we go with the upside. I mean, like, oh, yeah, like this guy's been so good. And they go with him. They go to him, right? That's the big thing is that we've seen him now multiple weeks in a row. Now – so if we're saying that, that means Zonovan's there. We're hopeful that Najee's, you know, he's questionable, but he's been playing and he's been playing. Decent. I think he's going to be okay. Um, so then we have our flex is Mike Williams and Mostert. So we're just choosing between Mostert, Burkhead, and Hubbard. And we're both in agreement that Mostert might not be the right play. So it's between Burkhead and Hubbard. I feel like I would lean Hubbard, but... Interesting. But the, I feel like I got to lean Burkhead. But the Burkhead <laughs> matchup's really good because Casey's defense isn't really that great against running backs, right? Um, but you're right. The half point PPR sucks. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, this truly is a dice roll. This isn't one of those things where I'm like, Adam, this is it. And you're like, I don't like it. Like, I'm like, I have no idea. All right. So what we'll do is this is a Sunday game, right? Both games. So yeah, we'll make it one of our dead by daylight things. Uh, so we got, I, so essentially we had to put one in now because Mostert is Saturday. So we'll right, put yes. one in put now. Put one in now. We're not going to play Mostert. So uh, for those of you who I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show, we had a run. It started. Did it start last year? Or did it start two years it ago? Started, it technically started two years ago. We yeah. did it as like funny, right? But so like we did it pretty like two, seriously last two year. Two years ago, we started this thing where we we always played Dead by Daylight before kickoff, and um, we would be like, if we escape. Uh, we the underdog is going to win this game because when we play a survivor, we think the survivors are always the underdog. Um, but last year we had a, a run where like it was right more often than it was not, <laughs> and it was really kind of weird. So we haven't done it very seriously this year as much. But uh, I think what we should do is make it one of those things. Like we'll pick which one we think is the statistically the best matchup. Um, and we'll make that like if we don't escape, we'll do that one. And if we do escape, we put the other one in because I truly it is a coin toss for me as well. I know both are going to get touches, right? I'm not worried about that. I don't think I don't think either of them is in danger of you got zero carries, sure, right? Sure. But you know, one of them is going to do better than the other. <laughs> the other thing we have to talk about, and we don't necessarily have to do it on air because we're running out of time, is we need to talk about our defense because I don't want the Seattle we Seahawks. We do. Anymore. I think is Denver still available? Denver is still there. I want Denver. You want Denver? Yeah, I was that was another thing I was going to pick up. And I was like, no, I'll talk to Josh about the defense. But I, I like Denver a lot. I was just going to ask for the, the sake of it. I think you're correct. But are we intrigued at all about the Saints at home? I am rookie? I am intrigued by the Saints. But I think it's more likely that Denver's defense just gets a bunch of sacks than it is that you know New Orleans has like a pick six or a fumble from Ritter. I think they're going to be very, very very cautious with Desmond Ritter 
And that will be a a mistake mitigating type game. I think that Denver's defense is just going to get sacks. Okay. We'll pick up Denver right now. Cool, cool. Well, there we go. Hopefully next week we're not talking a wrap-up of our fantasy season. Hopefully next week we're talking about we move on. I was going to say something mean. I think we're both good fantasy football players. This is the first year we've done this that we've even made the playoffs. <laughs> well, I, I so for some reason I thought we made it the first year, but again, we've also like our first year. Remember, it wasn't it like our first three picks were out for the year? And <laughs> yes, last year we hung on close to the end. And we made a lot of trades to kind of cover up holes, but uh, yeah, this is our first. So congratulations, year. we did it. Okay. <laughs> Great job. All right. Uh, Friends Fortune, and I've got uh, three tidbits. Hit me with some tidbits. Uh, Some some tidbits. Jalen Hurts has six touchdowns on go routes in the second quarter. If you're not an in-tune football watcher, a go route is a nine route. It's basically when the wide receiver just runs and goes deep, and you throw it up to him. He has six touchdowns on those routes in the second uh, half alone, right? The only players... To have more than that are Alan Burrow, Rodgers, and Geno Smith, and that's just in the entire game. Oh man! So Jalen Hurts has more touchdowns in the second half than the majority of the NFL has at all at on go guy. routes. So he's going down the field, man. He's attacking it. Worst, um, worst fantasy advice he ever gave me. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it is. That was a doozy, man. Uh, Garrett Wilson now with 852 receiving yards passes Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, his Jets rookie record was 844 yards in his rookie season. So Garrett Wilson does it in 14 games and has plenty more games to build on it. But Garrett Wilson, great rookie receiver, having a great season. Last but not least, Josh Allen had his 24th career game with one-plus passing and rushing touchdowns. That ties Fran Tarkenton for the fourth most ever. Fran. The three... Quarterbacks above him are Cam Newton, Steve Young, and Aaron Rodgers. So, pretty rarefied air, good company to be in. Heck yeah. Friends Fortune? Friends Fortune. Patrick Mahomes has thrown six-plus touchdowns in a single game twice. I think he's going to do it against the Texans this week. Ooh, okay, okay. My Friends Fortune is going to be in the Miami-Buffalo game. Oh, man! I think too much is being said about Tua here. I think this game, everybody thinks, is, oh, it's cold, it's windy, it's snowy. I think this game's going to be a shootout. I think both quarterbacks have three total, three or more total touchdowns each. Leading to, and then what, what, I'm not going to pick the team that's going to win because I don't want to do that because I think we both are leading Buffalo. I think it's more fun to say that whichever team wins, it will be on a final game-winning drive. That's pretty fun. So it'll be three touchdowns each, final game-winning drive. I think that people are making too much of this. They've lost two straight. I don't. I think McDaniel's a great head coach, not just a good one, and great head coaches get their teams up for games like this. So Here we go. I just want to see some good football. That's it. Me too, man. Me too. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. If you're still in your in the run your pool, listen. There are four of us. It's not just the three of us. My cousin's doing it too, um, and the playoffs are two points each. So if I stay in within you know distance here, I can overcome you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. Follow us on Twitter, Simon Catch, Simultaneous Catch on Instagram. Have a nice week fifteen. Yeah. Go God Cowboys. Bless. Oh, God bless.